Praise God. Yeah, uh, if you like that music, it's got an anointing on it, doesn't it? Uh, it's from a, uh, really it's a conglomerate of uh, Christian artists uh, that have gotten together and they call themselves People and Songs. And so if you go search for their music, they're out there, they have several albums and I don't know how come we were so late in discovering them. We were at another meeting and uh, they, their praise team played that uh, Psalm 23, I'm never alone. Oh my gosh, it just took me. We, so we got on the way home, we, we found them. And we've been uh, singing a lot of their stuff. But if you want to enjoy that during the week, uh, that's what it, people and songs. And they got some funky stuff, they got some fun stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's just anointed stuff too. So anyway, trying to help you out. Glory to God, because you're not listening to all that honky tonk, right? You're not doing that. Okay, praise God. All right. Okay, turn in your Bibles today, if you would please, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. 1 Corinthians 14. You know you're about to get in it when Pastor brought both of his Bibles to the pulpit, right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. <clears throat> and uh, I, I'm just thrilled at the Lord's direction for us today. If you were uh, with us last Sunday, we rejoiced as we saw God show himself nine out of nine. We had nine precious children of God come to the altar to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of them a little older, some of them younger. Amen? Amen? But you saw? You, you got to know that uh, among nine people of varied ages and backgrounds that... Uh, they weren't all hyping stuff. Amen. Amen. Tongues is a supernatural action. Amen. Amen. And the baptism with the Holy Ghost is the day everything will change in your life if you will receive this gift that God has for us. Now the baptism with the Holy Ghost is not the greatest gift you could receive. I, I like the way one minister put it. He said that the greatest gift that God ever gave the world is Jesus. But the greatest gift Jesus, you following me? The greatest gift Jesus ever gave the church is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is an equal third part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. He is as much God as God the Father is God. He is as much God as Jesus is God. And we need to be acquainted with. We need to cooperate with. We need to receive from all that the Holy Spirit can and wants to bring into our life. Amen. into our church. It's so sad that so many churches have decided that uh, they don't want any of that Holy Ghost stuff going on in their services. Well, without the Holy Ghost, I have to sit down. I have to go sit down. I can't stand up here without the Holy Ghost. I don't like talking in front of people. You know, back in my junior high days, because I liked a girl... You know, you guys do stupid stuff to, to, because you like a girl. I'm not in the only boat that, you know, I'm not the only guy in that boat. But anyway, I joined, and I guess there's part of me that enjoyed it. I, I joined the junior high bell choir. 
and the jazz, you know, what do they call that thing? You know, you, the show choir, we had one of those. And then the junior high drama club. In fact, I probably threw it away, but I have a trophy or two from my acting days in the drama club. Yeah, I'm not getting a uh, Oscar or nothing for sure. But uh, so anyway, but uh, y'all remember my story about Tanya McDonald? Yeah, don't make me tell that story again. Anyway, I, I got myself up in front of people and we get the cotton mouth. Y'all know what the cotton mouth is? We have cotton in Oklahoma. Cotton. You put a bunch of dry cotton in your mouth, it's going to get dry. Yeah. That's what we mean, dry mouth. And then literally I'd be so nervous at the thought or the prospect of standing up in front of the sun. My tongue would swell up three times its size. <laughs> I would become paralyzed with fear. I was a blubbering idiot. So I'm just telling you, what are people thinking when they're saying, we don't want any of that Holy Ghost business. I pastor by the Holy Ghost. I teach the word by the Holy Ghost. We want the Holy Spirit. And just to remind you, you know, the church that you've come into this morning or logged on to this morning is a word and a spirit church. We embrace the gifts of the Spirit, the person of the Spirit, the demonstrations and the manifestations of the Spirit. You're going to find out about that in new members class today. Glory to God. If you're going to thrive here, if you're going to be planted here, if you're not going to feel like I'm constantly petting your fur backwards, you don't have to know everything, right? That's why God brought us here, so we could learn things. Amen. But you have to be hungry for and willing to contend for all that God has. Amen. And so the Lord had put it on my heart to teach again today, to minister again today, on, specifically on the subject of speaking with other tongues. Last week we ministered on the baptism with the Holy Spirit and its primary purpose, the primary purpose of receiving this second subsequent experience with the Holy Spirit after you're saved, right, is to receive power from God from on high. Just like Jesus, remember, He had the Holy Spirit come up on Him, not to save Him, not to make him righteous. He didn't need any of that. Praise God. And you don't need that because you've already received a work of the Spirit in your salvation experience. You're already born of the Spirit. You are born again. The Holy Spirit is living inside you. But He also wants to come up on you to empower you to do the works of Jesus. To give you power to live the Christian life the way God intended it to be lived. Praise God. You know, I know so many people struggle with different things. Uh, we all do, right? We're all a, a work in God's divine progress. For some, it's nicotine. For some, it's alcohol. For some, it's this. But we all got, for some people, it's doubt. For some people, it's negativity. Everybody's got their deal. Well, if you'll receive power from on high, you'll have extra ability. To do the things, to make the choices that you need to make that will enable you to live your Christian life in such a way that pleases Him. A holy life, a separated life. God is so good. He doesn't expect you to live holy and clean and pure in His sight on your own. He wants power. He wants to give you power for that. But throughout the book of Acts, and depending on how the Lord leads, I don't have any notes. He led me specifically. Amen. 
He's just going to draw up out of me what we need. But if you were to do a survey, and I'll give you the chapters. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19 especially. You will see people in different groups spanning uh, 20 years. From Acts 2 to Acts 19 is a 20-year span. And you'll see different groups in different cities being saved, being water baptized, and being immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen? In every case, they spoke with other tongues. This is why we say and teach that tongues is the initial, not the only, but it is the initial sign or evidence that a believer has received the Holy Ghost. Now you're in Acts, uh, you're not in Acts chapter 2, are you? You're in 1 Corinthians 14. All right. Well, praise God. Let's look at this in uh, verse number 5. How many believe that, that Paul, the apostle, was a man of God? Anybody believe that? Praise God. Uh, that he was used of God to write two-thirds of the New Testament? How many of you believe that the book of Corinthians is in the Bible? That's an easy one, right? And that, that means that it was divinely inspired. It shows all the tests of uh, divine inspiration. Meaning these are, this is not just Paul writing these words, but he's being breathed upon, moved upon by the Holy Spirit to write what he's written. Amen. How many of you by show of hands agree with everything I just said? Because you know it's right. Amen. Okay, be sure. Okay. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 5. Paul says, I would that you all spoke with tongues. See, La, we'll see you at prayer. Think about that. Amen. Let me ask you, believer, Christian, do you speak with tongues? You just told me Paul was a man of God. You just told me Paul was mightily used to God. You just told me 1 Corinthians was in the Bible. You just told me that those words are in the Bible, not because Paul wrote them, but because the Holy Spirit inspired him, told him what to write. And what did he write? He said in Kentucky terms, I want all y'all to talk in tongues. So everyone in this room now has a choice to make. How much of the Bible are you going to bring your life into? How much of the Bible are you going to embrace? Or are you going to be one of those many, many Christians that say, I'm going to be a cherry picker Christian? Well, he said that to them. He didn't say that to me. Oh, yes, he did. That's why it's in the Bible. Amen. That's why it's in the Bible. Right? Now, I want to make this point. The audience that Paul made that statement to, was he saying that to the pastor and the deacons at the church at Corinth? Did he make such a specific statement? No, no, he didn't. No, he did not, did he? Who is he writing to? Let, let's go, keep your finger here, but let's go back to the very first chapter of 1 Corinthians. I hadn't checked this, but let's, uh, uh, let's just see what it says together. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sothenes our brother, unto the... Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. Who is he writing to? You could go back. Who is he writing to? 
to the church of God happened to be at Corinth. Are we the church of God? Are we born again? Come on now. I'm just telling you, I, uh, you're not going to wiggle out of this one. <laughs> now, I know I saw this even recently, too, on a, on a Facebook feed. That uh, all these tongue talkers there, these preachers that preach this, they're taking these verses wildly out of context. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're just reading the plain text of Scripture. How could you take that out of context? See, this is how people get mixed up. You say, well, I just don't know about this, Pastor. I keep coming to this church, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to stay here because you keep pressing all this stuff and talking about tongues. That just makes me kind of uncomfortable. And I want to go to the dignified church where, you know, all the politicians go and all that. Well, they're out there, whatever. <laughs> Pretty quick, they're all going to be here. Amen. I have prophecy about that. That's why I say that. But anyway. And, or many of them, not all of them. And... Uh, but, uh, you know, I understand people will say, well, I'm just confused because this preacher says this, but I was just over there and I heard that preacher say that tongues had passed away. So who's right? And see, so you're confused. I'll tell you why you're confused. Because you're taking the preacher's word for it. That's why you're confused. People who don't study for themselves, they don't read the Bible for themselves, will be hopelessly confused. Uh, those other preachers and me, we're not at war with them. I'm not at war with anybody. I love everybody. I'm assuming they love me. Amen? But we're not both right. Tongues are either for us today or they're, not, they're either of the devil or they're from God. Now, I think it's almost blasphemy when you just read your Bible to say that tongues could be of the devil. I've said it before. I'll say it again. In my B.C. days, you know what I mean by that? My before Christ days, I went to a lot of places where the devil was celebrated. I went to the bars, I went to the strip clubs, I went to the back alleys. I, I went to all the different venues where sin abounds. And never in any one of those places did we sit around the campfire uh, rolling up our, our, you know, doobie and take a hit and speak in tongues. How about you? I know we got some other former sinners out here. You ever go to a tongue-talking party and, you know, and... Wherever you went to? No. No. Come on. Where did you hear speaking with tongues at? Church. In church, in the house of God. Come on. Amen. I mean, I did so much sinning. If tongues were of the devil, I would have found it somewhere. Amen. I would have done it. Tongues are not of the devil. That's just ignorance gone to seed, is what that is. Let's read this again. I would that you all spoke with tongues. Now, lest we uh, validate what we're accused of, taking the scripture out of context, because I can hear them out there saying, read on, read on, read on, read the rest of that verse. Okay. But rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Amen? So here he seems to say, I want you all to speak with tongues and then to diminish it. And here's where some of the confusion is. Paul here in these verses 
is dealing with tongues in a corporate setting where the whole church is gathered. He says, I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesy when you're all together. That's what he means. Because if I prophesy in a known tongue, that's what prophecy is. It's inspired utterance in a known language unto edification, exhortation, and comfort, then everyone that hears it can be blessed by what is said. But if all I did was say, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and then just rattled off 10,000 words in other tongues, I would be blessed, but you'd be like, he's mad. And you'd be right. Because you don't get any edification out of that. So where a lot of our denominational friends have missed it, is that they don't separate the tongue and interpretation that is a form of one of the nine gifts of the Spirit that is more of a ministry in the body. So yes, if someone stood up here in the midst and gave a tongue, it should be interpreted. If it's not interpreted, it would be out of order. But that's not the only use and flow of tongues. The tongues we're talking about, the tongues that comes along Amen, as the initial evidence that one is baptized with the Holy Spirit is primarily for your private devotional use. And and that's where a lot of our confusion, they they read 1 Corinthians 14, and you need, when you read 1 Corinthians 14, it would do you well. Get two colors of a highlighter in a new Bible and say, okay, look, I'm going to identify in this color the references to tongues that are for private use and the tongues and interpretation that for use to bless the church. Notice he says a tongue and an interpretation that equals prophecy. It's just a different way for God to get there. And there are supposed to be limits on that in the services. But he is not talking about the flow of tongues in our private devotional prayer lives. Are you with me? Praise God. The only way to read that chapter and know which one he's talking about, because they just use the word tongues, right? You have to look at the setting. You have to look at the context. If Paul is down on tongues, what is he doing repeating this in the 18th verse of this chapter? Let's look at that. Notice what he said. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. So think about the. Remember what I said last week? The Bible is not filled with unimportant filler words. And God does not make unimportant, unnecessary statements. So let's take the two statements. He said, I would that you all spoke with tongues. But he's talking about privately. Right? Then people want to take that to the extreme. That means, yes, okay, we believe in that privately, but it better not show up on Sunday morning. See, you're taking something to the extreme. If a spirit of prayer fell on us as a congregation and he wanted us corporately to pray about a matter, and utterance came, it would be perfectly appropriate for us to all pray in tongues together about that. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Amen. There's just lots to learn. But it's, it's not confusing if you just have a few things pointed out to you. Amen. Paul said, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than y'all. The Amplified Translation says, I speak in tongues more than all of you put together. You know what that tells me? For that to be true, especially in this church, the Corinthian church where tongues abounded, he did most of his praying in tongues not in the church service. He said, when we're all together, when you come together, I would rather speak five words in a known language than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Again, why? Because that wouldn't bless you. But the only way that he could say, I pray in tongues more than all of you put together, you know what that must have meant? That must have meant that this man of God got up talking in tongues. (gasps) Went to the breakfast table talking in other tongues. Rode on the ship from city to city talking in other tongues. Lying down on the bed talking in other tongues. Are you with me? Praise God. Praise God. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. So the Lord dealt with me yesterday and said, Son, tongues is the way into more. Tongues is the way into more. Well, more what? What do you want more of? Well, I want more answers from God. Tongues is the way into more answers with God. I want more power. Tongues is the way into more power with God. There's scriptures for all of this. I want more revelation of God's word. Tongues is the way to have that. Well, I want to be built up more spiritually. I want to be stronger spiritually. I don't want to be weak. Tongues is the way. Into more. God did not give the gift of speaking with tongues to create a controversy in the church. He didn't give the gift of speaking in tongues because we didn't have anything else to fuss and disagree about. (laughs) He gave the gift of speaking with tongues to radically bless and enhance your spiritual life. And I'm going to make a bold statement, but I have scriptures to back it up. If you forsake, if you say no, that's your, that's, your, that's your prerogative. And you will go to heaven. I'm not saying you're a bad Christian. You have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. See, there's extreme teaching on that side too. That if you don't speak in tongues, you're not going to heaven. That, you can't find that in the Bible. If Jesus is your Savior, you're going to go to heaven. Amen. But, praise God. The gift of speaking with tongues is so wonderful and so dynamic and so powerful that to say no to it is to forfeit measures of the plan of God for your life. And it is to sign up for uh, difficulties and hardships you would otherwise not have. Because you cannot say no to a gift that God gives that is this talked about and this so extensively taught in the New Testament. And the blessings outlined so specifically and say no to it and not have any detriment to that. Right. 
Amen? Amen. And we'll get to some of that. Praise God. Y'all going to pull on me today? You're pulling on me. Glory to God. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, now that's again a holiday, a Jewish feast that they still honor today, right? Uh, They were all with one accord in one place. Now who are the they? Well, there happened to be 120 followers of Jesus, amen, who've already seen Jesus resurrected in His He'd appeared to them and spoken to them already. That's why they were there doing this. Because Jesus had appeared to them and told them, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, which is the baptism with the Holy Ghost. So we know who's in this room again? Christians are in this room. Who more specifically? There's a brother named Matthias in that room. Mother Mary's in that room. Martha's in that room. Peter's in that room. Is Peter a man of God? Is Peter weird? He's in this room. What about the Apostle John? Is he a, is he a Christian extremist? Is, is, is the great Apostle John, is he a cult leader like I've been called? Cult leader, cult church? No. He's in this room. Amen. Thomas, Matthew, all the 11. They're all in there. About to get weird. About to get radical. About to get cultic. No, they're about to get blessed. They're about to get empowered. They're about to be poured out upon. Do you want to be poured out upon? If you don't, you're in the wrong church. Amen. Hallelujah. So look at this. And suddenly, verse 2, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven, that means divided tongues, like as a fire. So they would have seen this. (laughs) I would have seen an image of a divided flame of fire flickering on Sister Alice's head. That's what he's describing. Amen. Amen. And it sat on how many? Each of them. Notice this is not a selective thing. This is not a well, this is a gift for the super spiritual. Everyone from the least to the greatest, amen, is partaking. Now notice verse 4. And they were all, all. This is why Paul said, I would that you all spoke with tongues. I would that you all spoke with tongues. Praise God forevermore. They were all what? Did it say they were all saved? Did it say they they all received Jesus as Lord? No, they'd already done that. I said they'd already done that. So they were all filled with. You know, it's one thing to have a drink of water. It's another thing to be full of water. Isn't that right? Some people indignantly say, Miss Elizabeth, I'll tell you what, praise God, when I got saved, I got all the Holy Ghost there is. You don't have more of the Holy Ghost than me. I said, yes, I do. (laughs) And it's evident by the way you're talking to me. (laughs) 
It's like Dr. Jacobs tells a story about he being with a few seminary students and they had a field assignment and they were to go interview a uh, church that was experiencing, a pastor that was experiencing explosive growth in their city. And so they happened to go sit down with a spirit-filled, unapologetically spirit-filled pastor. And this is a Baptist seminary that they're going to. And uh, so Dr. Jacobs sit down and they, they began to uh, talk and ask questions. And this, this one preacher, uh, not well, he's seminary student, is what I should call him, uh, praise God, uh, said kind of roughly and indignantly to the pastor, Dr. Jacobs said, he was sitting there, I wouldn't. He said, uh, well, I'll just tell you what, when I got born again, I got all the Holy Ghost there is, just want to let you know. And the pastor goes, all right, where is he though? In other words, because if you got all the Holy Ghost there is, he's missing because you're acting like a B-U-T-T. You know, they're called love. It's called the fruit of the spirit, spirit right? That's what he meant. Hallelujah. No, praise God. Just because you're born of the spirit doesn't mean you're filled with the spirit. Amen. We don't have time to go to all these references. Amen. But in John chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus told the woman at the well that if she would receive him, that there would become in her a spring. Everyone say spring. A spring springing up within her unto, which means producing everlasting life. That's what happens. When you receive Jesus, you receive eternal life. You receive a spring. A spring is water. Water is a type of the Holy Ghost. Just a few chapters later, Jesus is talking to somebody else in John chapter 7, around verse 37 and 38. And he said, uh, he spoke that out of their bellies, people who get saved, out of their bellies will flow rivers, everyone say rivers, rivers of living water. What, do you, what in your head is, is the more, got the more punch to it? The river. The spring of the river. The river. In terms of just amount of water, degree of water, force of water. Both are water. A spring's got water. A river's got water. Amen. You get born again, you've got the spring of water. Amen. Of new life. Amen. But you can have more of the same spirit. Verse 38, John chapter 7 says, This he spoke of the Holy Ghost, which was, had not yet come because Jesus had not yet been glorified. In other words, he hadn't paid the price yet, so the Holy Ghost could not come. Amen. So notice, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit Gave them utterance. There it is right there. There it is right there. Notice this was not just for the apostles. This is just not for those who were especially called of God. If they were a Christian and they were in that room, all of them were filled. And when they were filled, what did they do? They all spoke with tongues. They all spoke with tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to uh, Acts chapter 19. Now this is 20 years later. In a completely different city. Acts chapter 19. Y'all okay? Praise God. 
I want you to know why we believe what we believe. I want you to know why we do what we do. And to have the scriptural foundation for it. Amen. Glory to God. You know, uh, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is not supposed to be this one-time experience. You come to the front, you line up, you have a glorious experience, you talk in tongues. But the vast majority of Christians who do come and are filled with the Holy Ghost never talk in tongues again. That is, a, that is a misunderstanding of what you have. Amen. Of the purpose of the blessing. And that's what we want to close with. But Acts chapter 19. Glory to God. Again, looking at verse number 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. See, words matter. If they're disciples, they're followers of Christ. They've already received the salvation message. They've already received the new birth. It didn't say he found certain sinners that needed Jesus. It says they found disciples. Now notice, and he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost? Praise God. You think... That's a, that's a pretty odd question for a brand new baby Christian. No, it's the most vital question. See, there's a divine order in the development of true Bible Christianity. Receive Jesus as Lord and be born again. Get baptized with water. Make a public show. Make a public show of your faith in Christ. Be empowered by the Holy Ghost. Receive the gift of speaking with tongues. And then go on with God and get your mind renewed. And walk out the divine plan that God has for your life. So many people still today are treating tongues like PhD level Christianity when it's preschool. This is the first question. Amen. Amen. Do you know we're not going there for time's sake, but in Acts chapter 10, Peter's preaching a salvation message and evidently they just received it. They, they got saved before the altar call was even given. And before they could get in the water to be baptized, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they spoke with tongues. Peter went, Shazam, wow. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to say, saved, water baptism, uh, filled with the Spirit, speak with other tongues, is high priority for the first experience in your Christian life. They said, of course, in response to Paul's question, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Spirit. Wild churches like that today. Amen. I'm not picking anybody, but I'm just saying it's tragic. That these truths are not embraced. And why does the devil fight so hard? Why does he want to make tongues controversial? Because he knows. He knows the power that lies therein. He knows the effect. He does. Hallelujah. So, and uh, they said we've not, verse 2. They, we haven't even heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. Look at verse 6. 
And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So let me just throw some things out at you. Why you should talk in tongues every day of your life. Go back, if you would, to 1 Corinthians 14. And I'm almost finished. But I want to give you some benefits. And, and we keep resources in our bookstore. If you're not convinced, listen, I invite you, don't take my word alone for it. Get into the scriptures. How did I come to this conclusion as a denominational boy? By reading my Bible. That's all, by reading my Bible. If you just read your Bible and, and you just, you'd have to have help misunderstanding. Hallelujah. I'm doing better teaching and preaching than some of you are amen. And some of you look like you've been sucking on a pickle for 30 years. <laughs> hey, listen, you could have as much of God as you want. My job is to make sure I paint a full picture for you of what's available. What's available. Hallelujah. But if you want what other Christians have got, if you want the life, the anointing, the experience, the answers, the clarity that other believers have, you're going to have to receive what other believers have received. Or just stay grouchy. Amen. Stay where you are. I, I, I want to grow up in the things of God. Hallelujah. I want to fulfill the, the, both the life God's called for me to live and the ministry He's given to me. And I'm thoroughly convinced I could not fulfill the will of God for my life without the gift of speaking in tongues. I was, remember, I was on the wrong track. I did get saved. I had an encounter with God. I was reading my Bible. But I had already planned out my whole life. I was going to go into the medical field. I was going to be a radiation tech. I was going to be a radiation therapist, treat cancer patients. I had planned it all out. Amen. And it changed. The day everything changed for me is when I went, Shandai, Shandai, I told my, I tie my bow tie. That's when everything changed for me. Was it strange to me? Of course it was. Amen. But when I go to, when I go to Mexico... And they all talk in Espanol and leaving me out. It sounds strange too. Doesn't mean it's not a legit language. The Bible says that Paul said, Though we speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Wow. So the angels must know what Shandai, Shandai, Taima, Botai means. Shoulda, bada, Honda, shoulda, bada, Honda. And I don't mean to mock, but some of y'all need to laugh. I'm not mocking. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. You know, there's no Catholic nun back there with a ruler going to hit you if you say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, some of you, that's one of the things the Holy Ghost wants to do the most. He just wants to make you happy. Get you loosened up. You get a little loosened up, he could do something in your life. Amen. Glory to God. Some of you, you'll be in some services, and you'll walk out and be three days later, and you hadn't smoked nothing. You didn't even think about it. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 2. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but who's he talking to? But to God. So it's not just gibberish being thrown out into the air to make us look silly to others. It is speaking to God. So the gift of speaking with tongues is to speak to God on a supernatural plane. It is to talk to God and to converse with your Father in encrypted language that the devil and demons cannot understand. What kind of value is there in talking to God on a supernatural plane in encoded, encrypted language that the devil can't hear and devise a counterattack to to slow down? Come on. So the Bible says that there is a purpose to speaking with other tongues. It is to talk to God, to talk to God. To talk to God in other tongues is to talk a a perfect talk. It is to pray a perfect prayer. Ha ha. And this is what happened to me as a young college kid in my bedroom. Rombo stoko, robo stete, bango ro, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes at a time. And all of a sudden, all the desire and ambition I had to go that way, that medical way, died and withered up on the inside of me. And the more I stood, you know, in my room and sat and I'm talking to God, I'm talking to God, I'm talking to God. Amen. And up from within my being came new desires, new thoughts, new plans, new purposes that set my life on the right course. I had no teacher. I had no doctor to friend at that time. I had no Holy Ghost pastor at that time. But I had the Holy Ghost in me. And I had His Word. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the Word. You have me. You have revelation and good books. Come on. If you don't know this stuff, it's because you don't want to know or you're just brand new to it today. Hallelujah. And so I can't tell you from that day till this, tongues is my way into more. And when I get stuck and I don't know what to do, yeah, come on, we can talk to God. I talk to God, oh, Father, I don't know what to do. But that takes about less than five seconds. Then am I, what am I to do? Just walk off or just tell it again. Father, I don't know what to do. Father, I don't know what to do. Father, Father, I, he's given us a way to find out. He's given us a way to access the mind of God by speaking a heavenly language. When I get stuck, I take time aside by myself and spend time praying in the Spirit. Sometimes just for however long. And sometimes I'll leave that prayer time and I don't have the answer. But it'd be a day later, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the answer goes boop. Amen. And I know what to do. Yeah. That's good. I know what that answer is for the church. I know what I know what gets people, and I, it's fine to do. Pastor, when are we going to have Reverend Marty Blackwilder back? Well, in my head, I'd like to have him back already. <laughs> but the answer is 
when God tells me. I'm not bringing in ministers just because they're great, just because they're anointed. I'm, they, each service is critically important, planned of God. We, what deposits do we need through what minister? Only God knows. Just pray for me that I'll have the wisdom of God. We come up on, uh, you know, projects and different things. What to do? Shandai, shandai, atai, mabota. And here comes the answer. But see, here's the thing. So many people, they want answers from God. They don't want to be confused. They don't want to stray and, and not end up, you know, end up way out of the will of God. But at the same time, they're like, no to tongues, no to tongues, no to tongues. Well, you cannot have that both ways. You don't get the benefits without embracing the method, the avenue. I want it some other way. I want someone to prophesy to me. I want God to write it in the sky. You're going to end up in the ditch, sure enough. God sent the Holy Ghost to be your helper and your teacher and your guide. And when you say no, and some of you, you didn't, a lot of you, you didn't say no, but you neglect the habit. You are filled with the Spirit. You do speak in tongues. You just don't. Because you're busy, busy, busy. Well, then you're telling me and God that you're too busy for victory, too busy for clarity, Amen. too busy for healing, too busy for answers, too busy for progress. Amen. And that's too busy. Amen. Hallelujah. To me, there is absolutely no coincidence that Paul said, I speak in tongues more than y'all put together, and I also outworked all the apostles, produced more fruit, and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, that those two things are not linked. Peter never said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. And I'm not, I'm not dissing Peter. Peter wrote books of the Bible and fulfilled the will of God best I know, and he was a tongue talker. But the Bible's a lie if Paul didn't talk a lot more in tongues than Peter did. And Paul produced more fruit. How much fruit do you want to produce in your life? This one verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, is packed full. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. But unto God. Hallelujah. I know, Father. Thank you. For no man understands him. You're not talking to people. Howbeit, notice what you're doing when you speak in tongues. In the Spirit. What are you doing? Speaking mysteries. Yeah. Other translations say speaking divine secrets. Amen. Well, there's nothing mysterious to God. He's not in the dark about anything. Right, that's right. These are mysteries related to you and to others connected to you. What am I supposed to preach Wednesday night? Y'all tell me. What am I supposed to preach Wednesday night? Careful about your answer. The, I face this every day all week. What am I supposed to say? To these precious people on Wednesday night. Oh, come on, just preach anything. Well, there's a lot good in here, but in every service, there's only one perfect sermon, word for that session. 
Some folks come in on Sunday morning. This is the only moment I have with them. And they're already wishing they were out the door. And this is the only moment. I'm looking at a few that I'm wondering about that right now. They just don't act, look like they're happy to be here. Well, God loves you. I don't know why you came. Come on. But answers and opportunities are being extended to you, if nothing else, sensing the presence of God. Derail your life if you want to. I'm not going to. What I do is I take time leading up to the next service. What am I doing? I am speaking divine secrets. I am accessing the mind of God. I'm doing my part. I'm not just expecting God, you know, to me to play golf, and I don't play golf, but do this and do that. And Oh, oh my gosh, it's Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Father, what should I preach? And download something, you know, I told the Lord this morning, I am so glad this morning that I am not coming to perform a production like so many places. Because in my body and mind, I'd rather be sitting today anyway. Praise God. Just got attacked with symptoms. Right? But God, God, anyway. The Lord quickens. Well, amen. Speaking in tongues is your part. Speaking in tongues is your part. You could stomp your foot and say, I want to know everything that God has for me. Speaking in tongues is your part. Hallelujah. Let's skip down to verse 4. We're going to have to stop. Glory to God. Look at verse 4 of this chapter. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, what's it say? It edif- uh, they are edifying who? Himself. Edifying himself. Could I have the amplified of that please? Praise God. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. Now notice this. He who speaks in a strange tongue edifies, look at this, and improves himself. Dr. Jacob said, he took Greek, got good grades, that the amplified translation of the Bible is the most accurate to the original language of any Bible we have in the English. As of today. Now that, I don't know about that new Amplified, but the Amplified, the original, it came out in the 50s, the classic. Right? Notice, when you speak in tongues, what are you doing? You're doing two things. You're edifying yourself. That means you are building yourself up. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you, whose responsibility is it to see to it that you are edified? It's not God's responsibility. It's not your pastor's responsibility. It's not your spouse's responsibility. I just wish I had somebody to build me up. You do. He's right there. That's like standing there with a brand new iPhone 12 Pro Max and the cord and the charger going, I just wish I could have some power. You lazy thing, go plug in. How much do you want to be improved? How fast do you want to be improved? Not only are you building yourself up, it says you're improving yourself. So speaking in tongues, this is why Satan fights it. You're going to become more God-like, more Christ-like. 
you're going to be improved. A better version of yourself. By praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm just like you and I am closed. I get down. I get tempted to be down. I get tempted to be physically weary. I, I get tempted to, 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 I go through all of the things that you go through and more probably. Amen. And the way, going on 20 years, people have come, people have gone, some people have come back so thrilled about it. All that time, where could they find me? Anytime. On schedule. Right here. Right here in my pulpit doing what God told me to do. I'm not wore out. I'm not stale. Hello? I'm not stale. I, I'm not feeling like I'm not fresh. Glory to God. But as a lifestyle. In my car, in my home, in my shower, where I am, on my tractor, sitting on my front porch, constantly building myself up. In my most holy faith. Amen. Isaiah 28 verse 11 and 12 says, Isaiah prophesied tongues in the future. And he said, through stammering lips, I will speak to this people, yet they will not hear. Mm-hmm. Yet this is, talking about the tongues, the stammering lips, this is the rest and the, that I will cause the weary to the rest and the refreshing. So what is tongues? Tongues is a divine means to tap into supernatural rest and refreshing from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up on our feet this morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God.